Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. How you perceive them. If you perceive them to be lowly or, you know, insignificant, if you perceive them to be too old, too young, you perceive them to be a thief or robber or perverted, how you're, you're prejudging them, your prejudice will either hinder you from receiving from them or your prejudge your prejudice may just save you from some hidden deception kingdom rock radio is an outreach ministry of kingdom rock family worship center located right here in bremen georgia you can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org and now here is today's message well, once again, good morning to everyone that are here in this room right now, and good morning to our online community that are gathering from all around the world. We celebrate you guys, and we thank you so much for being a part of today's service. Your attendance here, your watching or listening, is no coincidence. You were appointed by the Lord to hear this word. Praise God. Thank you for joining us. Well, everybody, we're going to go into a part number three of the series entitled Reset. It's time for a divine do-over. It's time to get it right. Thank God for his grace. Well, our journey will continue there in the book of Matthew, Matthew the 16th chapter. We're going to revisit this once again. Matthew 16, reading verses 13 through 18 out of the King James Version. And it goes like this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one or one of the prophets. 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we said last time, really uh, from part one, we spoke from the subject of the secret how God had hidden treasure in an earthen vessel. We're going to continue on that flow. Last time we were together, we spoke from the subject of, does God care? But today we'll be speaking from the subject of skin deep. There's something that is skin deep. Peter, through the grace of God, looked past Jesus' flesh and saw Christ. Let me say that again. Peter, through the grace of God, looked past Jesus' flesh and saw Christ. This determined the next phase of impartation in his life. It revealed the next level encounter with God. This was miraculous indeed because everybody saw the same Jesus, but not everybody saw the same thing in Jesus. Are you hearing they didn't see God in Christ. They didn't see God in Christ. Let's look at this in, um, in John, the 14th chapter. John 14, 
Let me show you, uh, show you this, John 14, verses 8 and 9. This is what Philip said. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet uh, hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? And even in 2 Corinthians 5.19, the Bible declares that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. They didn't see, they didn't perceive God in Christ. They didn't perceive the spirit, the value of what was inside Jesus. They only recognized his flesh. Now, we're going somewhere today. I want you to be with me, okay? So what this tells us is that there is a larger, deeper truth that hangs under beneath, that hangs underneath the skin. There's a larger, bigger truth, much like you see in an iceberg, right? You see an iceberg, you see, oh, it, you see what's above the water, but you don't see the depths of the iceberg, how far it goes down. There are some things that are only skin deep. Now, the flesh has the ability to veil or to conceal or cover deeper truths. Your flesh has the ability. Man's flesh was so brilliantly created by God that it can conceal hidden treasure. And it can also conceal, in some cases, unfortunately, hidden deception. The skin, so brilliantly made by God. Jesus modeled, so perfectly modeled, hidden treasure underneath his flesh, underneath his skin. Judas modeled hidden deception underneath his skin. Your skin is powerful. It can hide what you really are. Especially from those who are only interested in fleshly things. Flesh can hide in flesh. Are you hearing? So, I need to ask you this question, yeah. What do you see when you look at me? What do you see when you look at each other? What do you see when you look at your neighbor? It really does matter. Because you've heard this saying before, what you see is what you will get. What you see is what you'll get. What you recognize is the flow of what you will receive. Once they understood that Jesus was Christ, then they began to acknowledge him or honor him differently. What you acknowledge, what you see is what you will get. It's an old saying, but it is so true, so true. How you perceive someone determines what you will get out of them. How you perceive them, if you perceive them to be lowly or, you know, insignificant, if you perceive them to be too old, too young, you perceive them to be a thief or robber or perverted, how you're, you're prejudging them, your prejudice will either hinder you from receiving from them or your, your prejudice may just save you from some hidden deception. But we're going to have to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. 
because you don't know what's hidden beneath the skin. There are some things that are skin deep. What I'm telling you is that there's, what the Spirit is telling me is that there's going to be another move of the Spirit. There's another move of the Spirit that is right now on the horizon. And if we're not discerning, if we don't have our discernment up and listening to the voice of the Spirit and seeing with the eyes of the Spirit, you will miss out on the move completely. Completely. You'll miss it. It'll just go right by you. Let me show you a good example of that in the book of Mark, Mark 6 chapter, Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. We'll read this out of the uh, New Living Translation. Because you'll understand that what you see or refuse to see will greatly impact your life. What you see or refuse to see will greatly impact your life. And you'll see that some people will refuse to see because they are offended. You refuse to see. Let's look at this. Mark 6, verses 1 through 6 out of the New, of the New Living Translation. And it says this. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. That is, he's teaching in the church. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Huh. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph and Judah, uh, rather James, Joseph, Judah and Simon and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply one, deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Verse four, then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere. Say everywhere. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. Now, here's the error. Here's the problem. The power of God that moved in Capernaum and all those other places was standing right in front of them. The power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, all of that was standing right in front of them, and they blew it. They've been coming to church for the longest time, praying for the Messiah. Oh, Messiah, God, please send the Messiah. Please send the Messiah. Please send. And here he was standing right in front of them and they blew it. How, is, how crazy is that? They've been yearning for him. They came to church that day, to sing God that day, to worship God and to hear a word from God. And here's God walking right in the place. And they refused to see past his skin because they were offended. They let offense prevent them from seeing past his skin. I want you to hear the word of the spirit. God's going to do something and is doing something so magnificent in these last days among his church. 
And because we have had dealings with each other, because we've been offended with each other, often or jealous or envious, or we see others as competition, we would disqualify ourselves from receiving what's in them. There's an answer standing right there in front of you, but we can blow it just like they did in Nazareth. How you see people will determine what you receive. Well, let me say it this way. What you perceive will determine what you will receive. What you perceive will determine what you will receive. It goes together. Now, here's a danger, too, that's, that's in the church. Now, I want you to get this and actually begin to close just a few minutes or less than an hour. Here's the problem in the church, Stan. Here's the problem in the church that we need to understand. Everybody has their own Nazareth. Everybody has their own Nazareth. A place where you are anointed of God, same power is in you. God is still with you, but you are not on there. The anointing seems to be off. And then we also have a place that's called everywhere else. In your everywhere place, people will see the gifts and callings that are in you. And they will celebrate you. They'll celebrate the gift of God in you. Same person in the same place. What's changed? The way they perceive you. The way they look at you. You'll notice even on... um, Last week, the atmosphere was much different. People came with expectation. And you would have thought some big, falutin' person was coming down to this place. Expectation was high. Spirit was high. They came. Oh, what's going to be said? Pins and needles, wondering. Expectation is different. Expectancy is a breeding ground of miracles. Many prayed, many prayed, many prayed. That wasn't, that was one of my everywhere places. But then you'll have, I'll have a Nazareth place. Well, there's not much expectation. Where people really don't see the gift, they just see the skin. Now, Nazareth places has its value because Jesus could rest in Nazareth. They weren't knocking on his door saying, hey, 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 heal me, heal me, heal me. They could care less. So he could downshift and just teach. He could relax in Nazareth. Nazareth has a purpose and also your every other place has a purpose. Your family has a purpose. They can keep you rooted. They can keep you grounded. You're not all that now. (laughs) There's a purpose in it all. And it's good that you're not on all the time. Can you imagine that pull on you if you were on all the time? So the anointing is still there. The power of God is still there. But there's a shifting in atmosphere. 
And see, the thing to remember is that you'll have your Nazareth place and you'll have your everywhere place. And that the spirit of God dwells on the inside of all of us. And we have to look past what skin, look past the skin to see the gift on the inside of them. There's a gifting in your pastor. There's a gifting in the laity. There's a gifting in the praise team. There's a, there's a gifting in the usher at the door. There's a gifting. If we've all received Jesus as our Lord and Savior and the Spirit of God rests on the inside of us and we declare greater is he who's within me than he that is in the world, the gift in God is there. But we have to look past the flesh to see the gift. To see the gift. Now, there are three ways that I want to give you today. There are three ways that we're going to go further. There are three ways for you to receive of the gift, for you to reset your perception and receive of the gift. There are many places that I go, people call me prophet. Why? Because they pull out that anointing and words of knowledge and words of, and prophetic utterances come out and they come to pass and they perceive me as prophet. There are some places that perceive me as bishop. Hey, bishop. Hey, bishop. Hey, bishop. There are some places that perceive me as apostle. Hey, apostle, apostle Stroud is here. Apostle, apostle, apostle. I, I hear all these titles and they, what they perceive is what they get. There's some places that call me, hey, Dr. Stroud is here. Dr. Stroud. Hey, Dr. Stroud. Dr. Stroud. Dr. Stroud. Not a, not a medical doctor, Stan. Hallelujah. They're talking about a doctor of technology. Oh, here's Dr. Stroud. He'll help you. I didn't tell him to start calling me that. That's what they perceived, and that's what they received. And then the other place people call me, pastor. Y'all may know some places like that. And what they perceive is what they receive. You call out an anointing. You have the ability to call it out. So here's one of the three things, the three things I want to give you to reset your focus, to reset it. One, call out the anointing. In other words, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. When you acknowledge the anointing, you are pastor or you are Father, you are mother. If it, you're, I'm looking at my son now. If he acknowledges, acknowledges me as father, as dad, then dad comes out. In other words, I have the response. Every time he calls me dad, I'm, I'm remembering, I got to make sure this boy got something to eat. I got to make sure he, he got somewhere to, somewhere to live. I got to make sure he gets his schooling. I got to make sure this. I got to make sure that. Every time he says that, every time he says mom, She's hearing, I got to make sure I, get, I got to make, make sure you get, get something to eat. I got to wash his clothes. I, he's, when he, he calls on that, when I call my wife, when I call Sumiko, I call her wife. I say, I receive you as my wife. I call out that anointing of wife out of her. And the anointing of wife ministers to me. When she calls me husband, the anointing of husband ministers to her. We saw a funny video yesterday, I sent it to her, when there was a lady on this video who, who kept going to her husband and said, honey, there's something wrong with the sink, could you look at it? He said, I'm not a plumber. She said, there's something wrong with the car, could you look at it? He said, I'm not a mechanic. There, there, there's something wrong with the door, it doesn't close right, can you look at it? I'm not a carpenter. 
She kept calling on him, calling on his assistance, kept calling, kept calling on him, and he kept turning her down in every side. Until the day that someone, he, he came home and said, honey, she said, uh, she said, how's your day? Or either he asked her, how's your day? She said, it was good. The neighbor came over and fixed everything. How did he feel then? Another man came in and stepped in your place and did what you were supposed to do. It didn't go too well. He saw that on her face. He realized, I messed up. I messed up. But what we're saying is that you can call on the gifting that's in others. It's not just a title many times. You're calling on the gifting. And how you treat the gift carrier is how you actually treating the gift. If you honor the gift carrier, you honor the gift. If you dishonor the gift carrier, you dishonor the gift. You can see that plainly, especially in the Old Testament, as they talked about Moses like a dog. Guess who showed up? God showed up every single time. If a husband dishonors his wife, dishonors the role or the office of the wife, guess who's going to show up? God's going to show up. She's a godly wife. God's going to show up and defend her. By the same token, if a wife dishonors her husband, God's going to show up. If godly parents dishonors, dishonors child, God's going to show up. Because it's the, it's the working of the Holy Spirit in us that's deep inside of us that's doing the work. You got what I'm saying to you? You can call out that. So first of all, you're going to acknowledge that. You're going to call out that anointing. You acknowledge it. Secondly, you're going to pray for them. You're going to pray for the one that is carrying the gift, realizing that they are still flesh. The gift is there in flesh. That's the strangest thing. The power of God, the gift of God, the presence of God is present in flesh. It's like, why would, you God, why would God do that? Maybe put it in something steel or metal or something strong. But he put it in something weak. The gift is in flesh. So we don't need to get it twisted. We don't need to put people on a pedestal and say, oh, you see them working miracles, signs and wonders. You see they give you a word in season and you want to put them up on a pedestal and say, oh, that wasn't them. That was a gift. They're still flesh. They're still in flesh. If we get it twisted, we'll begin to look at them both as the same thing. And it's not the truth. That was only one person that was true for, and that was Jesus Christ. You got me? We're going to have to know each other, not by flesh, but by spirit. Call it out. One, you're going to acknowledge the gift. I tell my wife all the time, I tell Samika all the time, you are my wife. I receive you as my wife. I call out that gifting. I call it out and I receive that gifting. And for 30 years now, I've been receiving, almost 30 years I've been receiving of that gifting. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So you call it the gifting. And then you pray for that gifting. And then secondly, you encourage that person. You call it out. You pray for. And then you encourage. Because understand, they're still flesh. The gift is in flesh. And the more you 
acknowledge that gift, the more God will give you from that gift. They'll be imparting to you and not even knowing what they're saying. God is speaking because you have acknowledged the gift and you're drawing from the gift. You're making a demand on the gift. It's not the person, it's the gift. It's the spirit of God within the person, within the flesh. You have to move past the skin. There's something even deeper, something greater, greater treasure that is for you. Not just in a church context, not just with pastor, apostle, prophet, so forth and so on. But again, in your homes, you can call on the anointing of brother, anointing of sister. There's power in that. There's power in that when you call that out. Are you with me? Let's look at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. I want you to see this, 2 Corinthians 5. And as a matter of fact, let's go ahead. We're going to go straight into the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 and 17 out of the New Living Translation. Look at how this reads. Now, the King James Version of it says in verse 16, well, let's go back. 2 Corinthians, yes, I know, I told you it's still flesh, right? 2 Corinthians 5, let's look at verse 16. It says, wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the what? Know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now look at the New Living Translation, verse 16. It says this. Help me read this. Ready? Let's go. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has has begun. That's just plain as you want to go. Stop evaluating people from a human point of view. There is something much deeper for you to receive. Now, don't be like, don't get offended and, and be like so many others that I've heard. I don't need no man. God will speak to me himself. He'll anoint me himself. I don't need no church. I don't need no this, none of that. Now, while it is possible for God to deal with you himself and anoint you himself, he's done it through scripture. Well, that is possible. That is the exception. The rule is God will use somebody to lay hands on you. He'll use some person to lead you. That's the rule. So if you say, well, that's me, I'm, I'm going to, God's going to speak to me and he has spoken to me. Well, then I expect to see some evidence, some great evidence because that means you're in the company of Paul, who God dealt with directly on, on the road there. You, you're in the company of a lot of people, some big dog people. Let me hear you bark. You got what I'm saying? We start throwing up stuff like that. No, 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 no. The general rule is God will use someone to help bring you up to the next level. He uses an impartation. He's going to use somebody. You're going to need somebody, some members of the body of Christ to help bring you through. 
So let's let's not be like that. We'll all have our time in the light. We'll all have our time to shine. You'll you'll have your Nazareth place and you'll have your everywhere else place. You'll have those two. You'll have it. So I think that's all I want to really go into today. Yes. Oh, one other thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When you're looking past the flesh to receive, realize that there are some very well-intentioned saints who will say God said, but many times God didn't say it. They'll miss it. We give each other grace. Amen. But then there are others who will say God said this, but they're meaning to deceive you. God did not say this. You're going to have to be discerning because now as you're looking past the skin, you're listening for a word from God. You're going to have to be discerning when God is speaking to you. Now, God can speak to you through anybody. He once spoke to me through a drunk man on the martyr train when I was riding to work in Atlanta many years ago. This man was clearly intoxicated. He was staggering on the train and he smelt like a brewery. I was sitting on one side of the train, minding my own business. I had my, I'm not sure if I had the Bible open or what have you, but I was just there praying. I saw him get on the train. He saw him staggering. So I went and started praying for the man. And I had my head down and then I felt that I needed to open my eyes and look up. When I looked up, the man started staggering toward me. And the next words that came out of his mouth, I know were God. He said, your problem is that you think you got a problem. You don't have no problem. All you need is God. Your problem is that you think you got a problem. And I heard the Lord. Because I was going through a lot of stuff at that time. And I heard the Lord said, your problem is that you think you got a problem. You don't have a problem. Just that quick, I heard the voice of God. Then I could tell just plainly when God lifted off of the man. He said, I'm Jane Bond. I'm Jane Bond. And started saying some other crazy stuff. The Lord has left the building. So I got off the train and went about my way. God can speak through anybody. And now that you're looking past the skin, past the flesh, understand that there are times that it's not going to be God speaking to you. There are times that there's another spirit that can be speaking to you because even the devil himself can be transformed into an angel of light. And the Bible says that in the last days there will be false prophets that will arise and will unfortunately deceive many. Last thing I need to tell you, you need to be on watch and be on guard because the devil's working overtime to skew your perception of each other. Look around the room right quick, and those of you that are online, I want you to think about those maybe even in your own household or on your job. Think about your church leadership. The devil's working overtime to try to skew your perception. Because if you begin to see them as, oh, that's old Mark, if you begin to see them as, oh, that's old Tamara, that's, oh, that's just Linda. 
If you begin to see them, oh, just as flesh. If you begin to see them with only, as only skin deep, you will miss out. Many times, the enemy will set up occasions for them to offend you or for you to become jealous or envious. Then you start thinking, you're looking at them like, hmm, why do you look at me like that? Well, he wasn't looking at you like that. He forgot his glasses and he was squinting <laughs> that way. There's something on his lenses. Well, now all of a sudden you think that, why are you looking at me like that? And then that stays with you for the rest of the day and the devils keep talking to you. Keep talking, keep messing with you, messing with you. Why did he say that? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? You just said good morning. Why did he say good morning to me? What's going on? I don't understand. Why did he say, why did he say that to me? Messing with your mind over and over and over. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Enemy can mess with your mind. He's trying to skew your perception because if he skews your perception, you won't see the gift. You'll be too offended. And you'll miss it just like they did in Nazareth. You'll miss it. So when someone offends you, give it up quickly. Give it to God quickly, 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 quickly. Because there's a move of the spirit. There's a wind that is blowing. And you don't want to miss it. I'm telling you, this is happening right now. Don't miss it. So three ways for you to Reset your perception. Reset your focus. How do you do that? One, acknowledge the gift. Acknowledge the gift. Acknowledge the giftings of people that are all around you, whether it's parents, whether it's spouse, whether it's friend, whether it's brother and sister, whether it's pastor, whether it's teacher. Acknowledge the gift. Whatever you acknowledge will come, will come forth. What you perceive, you will receive. Acknowledge the gift. Secondly, pray for them because the gift is still housed in flesh. Pray for them. And third and final, you're going to encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. Because the greater the blessing they are in your life, the greater the devil wants to shut that down. Husbands, the greater the blessing your wife is, the greater he wants to shut that down. Same thing for your wives. The greater the blessing your husband is, he wants to shut them down. The greater the friends you have, the greater he wants to break that relationship apart. All he has to do is interject a little bit of offense, a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of envy, a little bit of false thoughts, and you'll get offended. Then all of a sudden, I don't want to talk to you. The doors are closed and you will no longer receive that gifting until that offense is taken care of. So the enemy is working. I'm telling you, he's working overtime trying to destroy relationships, restore fam uh, re destroy families, destroy churches, destroy church members. He's trying to destroy it all. And this, this is happening right now. You're living in that time of scandalon, living in that time of stumbling blocks and traps and snares because you are embarking. God is sending now a great wave and wind of his spirit. And one way that he can stop you from receiving it is by getting you offended when you only look at the skin and you don't receive the gift. I pray you've heard the word of God today. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Lord, we pray today that we'll keep that word in our heart, that you'll continue to deal with us and that we won't blow it, won't miss it like they did in Nazareth. We don't want to miss your appearance, your appearing because we're offended because of who you choose to use. 
because of who who got to do the solo that day or who got to preach that day and we just missed it all together because we were offended about who got the raise who got the promotion we missed it all together because we got offended lord we pray against the spirit of offense that our hearts be clean that our hearts be pure that so that you can use whoever you want to use when you want to use them we thank you lord for our nazareth and we thank you lord for our anywhere places where our gift is celebrated we thank you, Lord, when we're on, and we thank you, Lord, when we're not. We thank you, Lord, for this marvelous grace that you've given unto us in Jesus' name. And those of you that are joining us right now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, now is the time for you to receive him. It's impossible to discern the things of God without God. You're going to need him, especially in these uh, evil days that we're living in right now. You're going to need to know his word. You're going to need, to need to know him. So if you would right now, if you feel the Lord dealing with you in your heart and you know that this is the moment, this is the time for you to give your life to Jesus, then just pray this simple prayer with me. It's not a magic formula. You just have to believe. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And the Lord said he'll save you. So let's go ahead and pray this prayer together, okay? Just repeat that to me and just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a savior. I confess that I have sinned and I repent. I turn from my sin and I turn unto you. I believe in Jesus and I confess him as my Lord and as my savior. I believe in your death, your burial and your resurrection and that you are alive forevermore. Father, I ask you to fill me now with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. From this moment forth, I thank you that you are mine and I am yours. Thank you for saving me and receiving me. Thank you for washing my sins away. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friend, if you just pray that prayer with me out of the sincerity of your heart, I believe that the Lord has heard you. And I say to you, welcome to the family of God. Now it's time for you to join a good Bible believing church, get in a good fellowship and just stay in the word of God. Be discipled in the things of God. It's also time for you to get baptized in the name of the Lord and make sure that you continue to pray and seek him daily. The Lord will show you what to do. Yes, he will. And you can always join us right here. If you're in the area, come on by and see us at 180 Hilton Road. We'd be glad to have you right here in Bremen, Georgia. Or you can always join us on our website at kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time. All right. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.